thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to John chapter 14 and meet me at verse 16. John chapter 14 and verse 16. We've been talking about the Holy Spirit and we're going to continue today. Verse 16, Jesus says to us, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Verse 17 says, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. And over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is the presence of God. The Holy Spirit is God. And we've shared that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. That means he is going to comfort us during times of difficulty, during perilous and dangerous times, he will comfort us. And when we are uncomfortable, because he's gonna ask us to do things that make us uncomfortable, he is the comforter that will be with us as we do things that make us feel uncomfortable. And we talked about the Holy Spirit being the helper. He's going to aid. He's going to support us. He's going to assist us. And although the responsibility to make decision lies on you, he is going to help you make decisions. He's going to help you live this life that Jesus has commanded you to live. And we talked about the Holy Spirit is the voice. He is going to speak to you. He is going he's going to communicate to you uh, by which of a traffic light. You remember we talked about that, an inner traffic light, uh, a green light telling you it's OK to proceed, a yellow light telling you to slow down, a red light telling you to stop. He can communicate in that way. And he has a voice that he will communicate to you as well. Last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit being the power of God, uh, his ability on us to accomplish things that we cannot do on our own. And today, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit being upon us, upon us. And in verse 17 of John chapter 14, Jesus said that the Holy Spirit is essentially that he's invisible because the world can't see him. But guess what? You and I can't see him either. He's invisible, but we have faith to believe that he is with us even though we cannot see him. And conversely, the world cannot believe that he's with us because they have to walk by sight. But we're faith people. We walk by faith and not by sight. And so we know that he is with us and he is always with us. And I want to talk about this because in verse 17, Jesus says that not only will the Holy Spirit be with you, but he will be in you. And today I want to talk about him being upon you, but he's with you. Uh, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. When you go to the grocery store, the Holy Spirit is with you. When you go to the gas pump, the Holy Spirit is with you. When you go out of town, the Holy Spirit is with you. When you go to a concert, the Holy Spirit is with you. When you get on a cruise ship, the Holy Spirit is with you. When you go to the beach, the Holy Spirit is with you. When you're sitting at home, the Holy Spirit is with you. When you feel like cussing, 
The Holy Spirit is with you. He is always with you. And it's also equally important to know that he is in you. Paul tells us that we should be sealed or that we are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Uh, Paul also tells us that we are being filled by the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit is in us. The Holy Spirit is in you. The Holy Spirit is a permanent resident who dwells on the inside of you. He's not a hotel guest. He's not a visitor. He's a permanent resident dwelling on the inside of you. He's with you. He's in you. And today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit being on you. Oh, this is so very critical and so very important to recognize that the Holy Spirit is on you. Now, throughout the Gospels, the Gospels are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If someone ever asks you what are the Gospels, those are the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And these are four different people that told a story about their interaction with Jesus. And in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there aren't a lot of things that they all four talk about together. I mean, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus, all four Gospels contain that. Uh, but there's something else that all four Gospels contain, and that is what is called the baptism with or of the Holy Spirit. The baptism with or of the Holy Spirit. And I want to be a little technical with that because it's not, we tend to say the baptism in the Holy Spirit. That's not necessarily incorrect, but I want you to know the Holy Spirit already indwells you. And so you must be baptized with or of, or that word of is also the word from the Holy Spirit. And the word baptized simply means to submerge. To submerge, one definition I like means to dip and to die, to dip and to die. So for an illustration purposes, you take uh, an egg and uh, I know for Easter, um, my kids do this all the time. They take an egg and they create some dye and they dip the egg into the dye. And when they pull the egg back up, it is no longer a white shell it is actually a different color. Whatever color they put in there, it's a different color. They pull the egg out, and if it's blue, then the egg comes out blue, and then that egg now has been dyed, or you can say the word stained. And so when you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you have been dipped and dyed, and you have been stained with the Holy Spirit. And so Jesus talks about this in, in all four Gospels, as a matter of fact, I want to go through them. Let's start in Matthew chapter 3, verse 11 real quick. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. This is John the Baptist. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He, talking about Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Now let's go to Luke chapter 3, verse 16. Luke chapter 3, verse 16. John the Baptist says this again. I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I is coming, whose sandal strap I am not worthy to loose. He, talking about Jesus, will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Uh, let's go to Mark chapter 1. And uh, let's take a look here. Mark chapter 1. John came baptizing in the wilderness 
and preaching a baptism of repentance. We'll talk about that for the remission of sins. Let's look at verse five. Then all the land of Judea and those from Jerusalem went out to him and were all baptized by him in the Jordan River, confessing their sins. And let's go to verse eight, if you don't mind. Skip down, guys, to verse eight. And then John says, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And let's just take a look at John chapter one, verse uh, 32, I believe. John chapter one, verse 32. And John bore witness saying, I saw the spirit descending from heaven like a dove and he remained upon him. Look at verse 33. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining on him, that is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So these are four occasions in all of the gospels that John is telling us Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, in Scripture, there are three different types of baptisms. Now, listen to me. There are three different types of baptisms. The first baptism is being baptized into the body of Christ. You are now received the gospel you heard the word of repentance, and then you have been, once you receive, you have been baptized into the body of Christ. That is the most important baptism because it is your salvation experience. You don't need to add, listen, anything else to get to heaven. If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Ephesians tells us it's, it's not by works lest any man should boast. It's by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works, because this is a gift of God lest any man should boast. Works would be I have to do something else besides receiving the baptism of repentance, which is the gospel being preached. You received it. And now you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. You received the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Your spirit became a brand new spirit that never existed before. And then the Holy Spirit came to reside on the inside of you. And you are saved. And you are sealed. And you are going to spend life and life more abundantly in heaven when your day is on earth and come on somebody shout amen. amen. Now that's the first baptism, which is the baptism in repentance. The second baptism, which we hear a lot about today, a whole lot about this today, we hear the baptism in water, the baptism in water. And if you're on social media or certain things, you'll see uh, people saying, you know, 22,000 people got baptized today in water and, you know, all these numbers of all these people that got baptized in water. This is the baptism that causes you to be identified with Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. It is an, uh, an outward display of an inward working. And I personally believe baptism in water is a cutting away of your sinful nature. I don't believe it's just a ceremony. I believe when you get down under that water and you come back up, there is a desire that you just don't have anymore because of the of, of the seriousness of being baptized in water. You have died with him. You were buried with him when you get under the water. And when you come up, you have been raised with him. And this is the purpose of the baptism 
in water. Now understand, Jesus was also baptized in water, but I need for you to know this. Jesus came to this earth as a saved man. <laughs> he didn't need to, the Savior didn't need the Savior. You listen, he was already saved and he was already filled on the inside with the Holy Spirit. When he came to the, matter of fact, John the Baptist was too. These two men were filled with the Spirit of God as they walked the earth. But Jesus always wanted to identify with sinful humanity, so therefore he was baptized in water. He didn't need to his cutting away of a sinful nature. He didn't need you know, uh, the remission of sins. He identified, because he's the ultimate substitutionary sacrifice, he identified with us and said, I must be baptized. John the Baptist didn't even want to baptize him. He said, no, no, you need to baptize me. He said, it, permit this to happen so that all things can be fulfilled in the prophecy. So he was baptized in water. But when he came up out of the water, everybody saw the spirit of God descending like a dove. Now, it wasn't a dove. Some people say it was a real dove came. It wasn't a dove. They saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and the spirit of God remained upon him. And this is important because when John chapter one, John the Baptist, as we just read, he says the spirit remained on him. Now, this is critical because in Old Testament, we saw the spirit of God come, but the spirit of God never remained on anyone. He would come and then he would leave and then they would have to be impressed once again by the spirit of God. and The spirit of God would come and he would leave. Just just take a look at any of the Old Testament people and when they did mighty works, the spirit would come and then the spirit would leave. But Jesus had the spirit come and remain. The spirit came upon. Somebody say upon. upon. Say it again. Upon. upon. Somebody say up on. upon. That's what upon is. Up on. The spirit came up on him and then the spirit remained on him. And if the if Jesus needed to be baptized with the spirit of God remaining upon him, how much more do you and I? This is so critical because in today's society, we don't hear a lot about the baptism with the Holy Spirit anymore. We hear about salvation. We hear about being baptized in water and we all celebrate and we think that's all done. But there's one more baptism that we can all participate in. And that is the baptism with or of the Holy Spirit. Now, we found out in the day of Pentecost, which simply means 50 days after the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus or 50 days after the Passover. We found out that the Spirit of God came into the room of 120 men and women who were unified, who were together, who had oneness, who had community. They were there praying in one accord for 10 days, waiting for the promise of the Father. And a strong, mighty, rushing wind filled that place. And that wind was not from earth. It was from heaven. And it was so loud that it was a boom that hit that place. And it, everybody had an individual experience with the Holy Spirit and he came upon them and they began to speak with tongues and there was miracle speaking and the people that heard experienced miracle hearing and the Spirit of God came and then Peter began to preach and he preached with so much power and authority they knew something was different about him the Spirit of God had come upon him somebody say upon 
Say upon. upon. Now say up on. Upon. The spirit of God came up on him and he became a totally different man. Now we see here in Acts chapter 8 and look at verse 14 with me. Acts chapter 8 and verse 14. This experience that we are going to discuss occurred eight years after the day of Pentecost. All right, eight years after the day of Pentecost, watch this. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem, the apostles heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. Pause. They received the word of God. So the apostles heard that there were believers in Samaria that heard the gospel and they received it. What happens when you receive the gospel? Salvation takes place. And look at verse 15. Who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. So notice, salvation took place. We know that the Spirit of God was in them, but they weren't familiar with the Holy Spirit being upon them. Watch this in verse 16. For as yet he had fallen upon, somebody say upon, none of them. So these are believers who receive the salvation message, the baptism of repentance, and the Spirit of God was in them but was not on them. They had not fallen upon them. So watch this. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. That is being baptized in water. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord. So they received salvation. They had been baptized in water, but the Spirit had not fallen upon them. Look at verse 17. Then they, talking about the apostles, laid hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. So we see they received salvation because they received the word. They were baptized in water. And when hands were laid on them, they received the Holy Spirit. Now, this was eight years after the day of Pentecost. So people are still receiving the Holy Spirit well after the tremendous, mighty miracle that took place in the upper room with 120 men and women. People are receiving the Holy Spirit. And, and here's the interesting thing. The apostles felt called to go to the disciples and make sure that they had an experience with the Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit would be upon them. That was a priority. There's believers over there. Have they received the Holy Spirit? No, they haven't. We got to get there so that they can receive the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me today? Look at Acts chapter 19 real quick. Acts chapter 19. Let's look at verse 1. Acts chapter 19 and verse 1. Now, this is 20 years after the day of Pentecost. 20 years after the day of Pentecost, verse 1 says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples. Let's pause. Finding some disciples. These are people that have given their life to the Lord. They're disciples. He finds some disciples. Look what he says to them in verse 2. And he said to them, 
Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now, now, now let's pause there. That, this conversation is happening all over the world, mostly in America, I should say, because outside of America, people believe in the spirit realm. People believe in demonic spirits. They believe in the Holy Spirit. In America is when we've got so desensitized to act like everything is not a problem and your problem is not a demon. Your problem is you just can't sit still. No, you might have a demon. Oh, what? Uh, your, your problem is mental illness and that's why I do that. Now there is mental illness, but you might have a demon. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Now, if I said this, if I was an African, I said this, everybody would say, amen, amen, yeah. But here we say, no, you need, some, you need this, you need that, you need a third. This is what we're going to do. No, you just, no, we don't believe in God, okay? So there's no other things happening here. This is just you and it's your genetics. See, what happened was when you was born, you know, you were born too early, you know, and so you, you, and you didn't come on your due date. You came a little too soon and see, when that happened, you didn't know if you were a boy or a girl. And so we took, no, no, no. This is all demon influence. But somehow, some way, we've, in America, we've just kind of, you know, gotten away from there is an invisible realm. There are evil spirits. Thank God, though, they have no power over us. Thank God that we have authority over them. We can tell them to shut up and sit down. And they must obey because of the authority Jesus has given us. Jesus said, all authority have I given to you. Now, and he turned to the disciples and said, you go into all of the world. With that authority, with that dominion and power, you go. You can command evil, wicked spirits to stop in your sight. I've had to do it before. You foul, wicked spirit, you come out in Jesus' name. And don't be scared. I was talking to a pastor one particular time, and he said some things were going on in this church. I said, brother, that's a demon. You're going to you have to cast that thing out. That demon's running wild in your church. Lena, am I talking to telling the truth? It's a demon running around in there. He was like, well, I don't want to cast nothing out because he might jump on somebody else. You better, you better get on out of here with all that scariness. <laughs> Timid pastor, get, command that demon to get up on out of your church. It's got to go. And so he said, you know, if, you know, he said, he said, you know, demon might be running, running up and down the aisles. I don't want him to jump on me. I'm like, you better, you better stop. That, that demon going to destroy your church if you're going to keep allowing it to. And so there, I don't know why I got on this, but there are demons, demon spirits. But, but watch this. Let's get back to the scriptures. Acts chapter 19. Where was that? Verse two. And he said to them, Paul said to them. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. Wow. Look at verse three. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. So what is John's baptism? What water? But what's his first baptism? Salvation. He came preaching repentance. Change. So his first baptism is salvation. They said into John's baptism. So they're saying we're saved. Look at verse four. 
Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Christ Jesus. So they had a salvation experience. Look at verse 5. When they heard this, the people, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. What does that mean? That's water baptism. So they, they experienced the baptism of repentance, salvation. Now they're experiencing water baptism. And look at verse 6. And when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Somebody say upon. upon. Somebody say upon. upon. Now say up on. up on. The Holy Spirit came upon them. So they're saved. They've been baptized in water, but they have not been baptized with the Holy Spirit. Paul had to go and lay hands on them and they were baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the evidence that they were baptized with the Holy Spirit was that they spoke with tongues. They began to praise and prophesy God in a language that they have never experienced before. Now, with the Spirit of God being in you, the Spirit of God in you is for you. The Holy Spirit in you is for you. He's going to help you walk out this life of faith. The Holy Spirit upon you is for others. The Holy Spirit upon you is for others. There is power that has come upon you to help other people. Uh, it, is the, it is God's ability. It's his enablement. It's his endowment to come upon you so that you can do some things that you normally could not do. Now, the Holy Spirit in you or the Holy Spirit with you is the parakletos. Remember, we, de we define that word as the Greek word for um, a, a para means to come alongside, to, to aid, to help, to support. Uh, Kletos means to call, to summon. So you've been, he's been summoned and called to come alongside to help you. But there is a difference with the Holy Spirit being in you and the Holy Spirit being on you. And, and there are, um, there are levels that you can go to in the Spirit when you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit. Now, I am not from the, the camp that says you, could, you can't do ministry unless you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I'm not from that camp. A lot of people say this, that you can't really do God's ministry unless you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of very effective Baptist ministers that do a lot of good ministry and they don't believe in being baptized with or of the Holy Spirit. They don't see it, but they do have an effective ministry. I don't want to belittle the work that they've done. I'll be ignorant to do that. But there are levels that you can go to once you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I believe if you haven't been baptized with the Holy Spirit, you can reach a certain point to that's as far as you can go. But when you've been baptized with the Holy Spirit, there is a, 
a, a power up, a gushing of wells of living water on the inside of you that can travel and go places that you didn't know you can go because you've been empowered by the Holy Spirit. Matter of fact, I like Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. Watch this. It says, the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. There we go again. We're, this I want this is very critical. The spirit of the Lord is resting upon, not in, but upon. And what's going to rest upon him? Somebody say me. Say me again. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Now notice, when the Holy Spirit is resting upon you, you carry with you at all times a spirit of wisdom and understanding. Wisdom means I'm going to know what to do when I don't know what to do. Understanding means I'm going to understand some things that I never thought I could understand. The spirit of counsel and might. Counsel, I'm going to be able to help people solve their problems. And you may not even have experience in that arena. Glory to God. That's the Holy Spirit. Listen, I get calls from people. They're asking me to help solve problems. I have no degree in that area. Matter of fact, I'll tell y'all, I don't have a degree at all. In the Holy Ghost, I do. And I get calls from people, calls from people saying, hey, help me solve this. I got these employees and how do I handle this? How do I handle that? This, that, and the third. That's not because of a degree. There's a spirit of counsel. And a spirit of might that rests upon me. And not just me. His spirit can rest upon you too. There's, a, there's his spirit of knowledge, knowing things, and don't even know how you know these things. And of the fear of the Lord, the reverential honor and respect of the Lord will rest upon you when you're baptized with and of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest upon you. I like that terminology. He's going to rest. And like, but this is different than the Old Testament. The Old Testament, he would come and go. He would come and go. Uh, we're, we have been dipped and died. We have been stained with the Holy Spirit. He's not coming and going. He's with you when you're sitting behind that computer and you don't know how to pay your bills. The Holy Spirit is on you, helping you navigate. Do I pay Peter or do I pay Paul? And then you believe God to find out how can we get more in to pay Peter and Paul? Who am I talking to in here today? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and teach you how to handle your children. And they keep doing this and they keep doing that. And you're like, I don't know how to help. But the Spirit of God can come upon you and give you that counsel and that wisdom. And you'll know what to say and you'll know how to respond even when you don't know what to say and how to respond. The Spirit of God will come upon you. He's already upon you. And he will begin to attract, if you're single in here, the right man or woman. And they'll begin to see the Spirit of God 
They may not say the Spirit of God, but they'll know it's the Spirit of God that's on you, attracting. And if you got marital issues, the Spirit of God will show you how to have counsel in these marital issues. He's here to help us in our everyday affairs. It's the Spirit of God on you. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.